And we're going to read from Luke chapter 1. You'll find it in your pew Bible, just in the pew in front of you. You'll be able to find it and read along with us. Luke chapter 1 this evening. And we're going to read from Luke chapter 1 and verse 57. So Luke chapter 1 and verse 57. So Matthew, Mark, Luke and chapter 1. I'm going to read a little bit of this story. And then Nigel's going to come and read a little bit later on and then talk to us about it. Uh, Here we have uh, the birth of John the Baptist. We're going to hear a little bit about him uh, just before Jesus comes. So this is God's word to us, verse 57 of chapter 1 of Luke. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. And her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, No, he is to be called John. And they said to her, There is no one among your relatives who has that name. And then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. And he asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. And immediately his mouth was opened, And his tongue was loosed, and he began to speak, praising God. And the neighbors were filled with awe. And throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all of these things. Everyone who had heard this wondered about it, asking, What then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. Amen. Um, At at this point in our evening, usually, if uh, it's a normal service, what we do is we we open the Bible together and we think through uh, what the Bible says and how it applies to our lives. And we want to do that tonight, and, and uh, uh, we're, we're going to maybe get some of you guys to help us a little bit with that. But uh, we want to think a little bit about that story of, of Zechariah. And we're, we're not finished the reading yet, so we're going to turn again to that. Luke chapter 1 and uh, verses 67 now. Let me get you a page number. Luke chapter 1. From verse 67. So if you've got one of the Bibles in the pews, page 1027, 1027, 1027. And, and uh, we're going to try and keep it open. And, and I want to try and show you a few things that are in the Bible that are going to help us think a little bit about Christmas because we're thinking about what it means to be ready for Christmas. Okay, so that's what we're going to do uh, for the next few minutes. Let me follow on from where John left the reading off in verse 67. So we're talking about. Um, the, the baby who was born, who was, in this case, John, John the Baptist. Verse 67 says, His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and has redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our fathers, And to remember his covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies, and to enable us to serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven 
to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the desert until he appeared publicly to Israel. Okay, that's our reading. And uh, you might want to keep that Bible handy because we're going to look at it in a couple of uh, minutes together uh, and see what it's saying to us. Now, I don't know, are you guys good at waiting? Does anybody know exactly how long it is to Christmas? How many sleeps to Christmas? 17. 17, (laughs) absolutely. I had to take about five minutes to work that out over there. You got it straight away. 17 sleeps to Christmas. And does anybody use an advent calendar? Has anybody got a calendar? Yeah, you have. Great. Well, what, what happens whenever you open the calendar? What's in it? Chocolate, usually, yeah. Sometimes if you've spent a lot of money, you get little Lego men, but uh, often chocolate. And I was looking for a giant advent calendar for tonight, and I couldn't find one, but I do have my uh, large advent box, and uh, maybe later on, some of you will be able to open something in that advent box, and guess what? There may just be some chocolate in there. So you can give me a hand with that in a moment or two. Now, we're thinking about Jesus. We're thinking about being ready for Christmas. And and especially we're sort of thinking about, you know what we say to people, have a happy Christmas. Well, what is it that makes a really happy Christmas? And we might think it's things like, like chocolate and presents and turkey and all those sorts of things. But actually we find that whenever we read about the first Christmas in the Bible, which tells us all about it, that there were people who were just full of joy And they didn't really have any of those things. So the first Christmas brought real joy. The word joy appears in the Bible about 200 times. And it tells us, therefore, how to have a really, really happy Christmas and by telling us what Christmas is all about. Now, Luke is telling us there are four books that tell us specially about Jesus. Does anybody know what they're called? John mentioned them earlier. First one is called... Matthew, and then there's Mark, and then there's this one, which is called Luke, and then there's another one called John. Excellent. Yeah, well, through this book, now the whole Bible's about Jesus, but, but this book, Luke, is about Jesus. And Luke tells us about lots of the familiar things of the Christmas story. He tells us about the shepherds and the angel appearing to Mary and the birth of Jesus, all of those things. But as he begins his story, interestingly, he begins with another baby, with John, who was later to become John the Baptist. Now, there are lots of parallels between John and Jesus. They were actually cousins. And there are a number of parallels. They were both born in a sort of a miraculous way, in an unexpected way. They were both born to to people who were really wanting to be faithful to God. But there are differences as well. Uh, Jesus was born uh, to Mary who wasn't married. There was all sorts of questions about how that had happened. Um, John was born to a very elderly couple who, who were very respected in their community. And so there are differences. But but. Luke tells us about John and about Jesus, and he sort of intertwines them. And as we learn about John, we find that we're learning some things about Jesus as well. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about about John, because you may have noticed in the reading that his father, who was called Zechariah, I don't mean many people call Zechariah today, but, but Zechariah couldn't speak, and then he was able to speak. Now, let me tell you, why that happened. Zechariah was a priest. He worked in the, the, the temple. 
And uh, he, he loved the Lord. He was very faithful to the Lord along with his wife, Elizabeth, but, but they had no children. He was an old, old man. And his wife, he's very diplomatic. He says he's an old man, but his wife is getting on in years. And that's the way to do it. If you're, boys, if you're ever going to say that you're old and your wife, you never say that she's old. She's just getting on a little bit. And, uh, and John was, was, or Zechariah was like that. And it was his job on this day to go into the temple and to offer incense. So there was smoke that was going to go up. And, and, and he was going to pray. And he was going to pray for the land and especially that, that God would rescue the land, the people of God in the land. And he only probably got to do this once in his lifetime because there were lots of priests and they, they sort of cast lots to see who was going to do this. And, and this, this was probably Zechariah's big day. He's an old man. He'd waited all his life for this. And when he was in the temple, we read this earlier in Luke's gospel, he was about to do this with the, the incense and so on, and he sees an angel. And the angel appears to him and tells him that his prayer has been heard. And his prayer was, was probably not actually for a baby at this point. He'd probably given up on that point on that. His prayer was for God to come and rescue his people. And the angel tells him that his prayer has been answered and that then his wife is going to have a baby. And so the, the baby is actually the sort of the answer to the prayer, part of the answer to the prayer about God sending a rescuer. Now, Zechariah had been a faithful man. He loved the Lord. But this was nearly just too much for him to take in. And he starts to ask some questions. And, and the angel tells him that he's Gabriel. And... Uh, as a, I suppose, really a sign of, of the fact that he shouldn't have asked those questions, for that time he's not able to speak. And so he comes out from the temple and, and he's saying, uh, he's making noises and so on, but no words are coming out. And the people realize he must have seen God in there. God must have revealed something very, very special to him. So he goes home and he's with his wife Elizabeth and soon Elizabeth becomes pregnant and she's going to have a baby. They're all very excited because they're very old and they weren't expecting that to happen. Now, that's where we started to have our reading. And in those days, you, you named babies. It was the dad's job usually to name a baby. He couldn't speak very much, so they asked the, the mum. And uh, in those days, you, you, it wasn't very imaginative. Usually you were named after your mum if you were a girl or after your dad if you were a boy. So you can imagine what your first day at school was going to be like. Teacher would say to you, now, your name's Peter. Who was your dad? Oh, he was Peter. Who was your granddad? Uh, he was Peter. And, and so it went on. So, so they just sort of kept on going. And so they expected to name this little baby Zachariah because his dad was Zachariah. But his, his mom, Elizabeth, said, no, he's going to be called John. And they checked it out with his dad, Zachariah, and he wrote something down. He said, no, he's going to be called John. He was recognizing that this was a special child. It was up to God to give the name for this child. And uh, Zechariah was honoring that. And as soon as he said that or wrote that down, he was able to speak. And the first thing that he does as he's able to speak is he praises God. In fact, he, he, he probably sings, and we're not really sure if it's a song or a poem or, or, or what, but he probably sings, and that's what we read. He sings this song that's partly about his son, John, 
But it's partly also about Jesus because he knows that his son John is going to point the way to Jesus. Now, we're going to learn some really important things as we look at this song. And we're going to look at it. Just we're going to look, look at three things that, that uh, Zachariah sees in this song. And there are three things that, that filled him full of joy. And guys, if, if we get this, mums and dads too, if we get this, this is really what makes a happy Christmas. This is really what, what Christmas is all about. And you know what? If we go through another 30 Christmases and we miss this, then we've really missed the point of the whole thing. So three things that we're going to say. You know how Miss Spires tells you to think about the words whenever you're singing them? Does she ever say that? Yeah? She thinks she says that. <laughs> you maybe weren't listening. But, but uh, uh, because whenever you're singing the word and you're thinking about the words, then you sing them better. Well, we want to think about the words of this song because they're really important. Okay, so three things, and this is where we get to our Advent box. Who wants to open something from the Advent box? Come on, up you come. Now, you need to open the right one. So let's see. Oh, which one is it? Could you go for the spotty one? Could you open it up? Because you get what's inside it, but I get the paper, okay? You know the way your granny says, save me the paper? Yeah? Because she lived through the war. Great. Thank you. You get those. I'll get this. Right. Inside here is our first point, which is, oh dear, promised. Okay. You were supposed to get, you'd read that out as well. Promised. There we are. Promised. So that's the first thing that Zechariah understood about the baby that was going to be born. Both his son, but actually Jesus as well. Jesus was long promised. Because you, you might notice, you see where it says in verses 69 and 70? So he's singing, he's praising God, he's saying, he has raised up, this is God, God has raised up a horn of salvation, that's a strong rescuer, a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said long ago through his, or as he said through his holy prophets of long ago. So God had promised for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years that he would send a rescuer. And amazingly, Zechariah knows that now he is living at the time when God's promise is going to be fulfilled. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I make promises, and I say, I'm going to do that tomorrow, and I don't do that tomorrow. Something happens. Ever, ever happened to you? Yeah? Something happens. Something changes. I'm not able to do it. Somebody gets sick. We, we, all sorts of things that we're not in control of. But you know what? When God makes promises, every one of his promises come true. Can you imagine? God has never said anything that will not happen. He's absolutely amazing. And he promised for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years that one day he would send a rescuer for his people. He promised that he would be born of a virgin. He promised that he would be mistreated by the people who were there at the time. He promised that he would be put to death on a cross and that he would rise again. God is really amazing 
And so we need to understand if God had promised for all these years that this big thing was coming, that his son was coming, we've got to understand why it's so important. Because God obviously thinks it's really, really important. We better think about why Jesus is so important because God promised him for hundreds, thousands of years. So that's the first thing. Zechariah understood that. He knew that, that Jesus was the one that they were waiting for, and so he was full of joy. He was promised. Second thing. You're way ahead of me. Yes. Come up. Now, let's see. Can you go for the whitey one? Is that all right? Yep. And can you, can you save me the paper? I, I tell you what, can, can, we, can we, do you want to read it out? You see that? Forgiveness. Okay, forgiveness. Thank you. You can take your minstrels and go home. Uh, no, no, you can't go home. Uh, <clears throat> So forgiveness, Zechariah sees the role that John would play in Jesus' coming, and this is what he says in verses 76, 77, and 78. He says, you, my child, that's John, his son, you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord, that's Jesus, to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God. Now, this is really important, probably the most important thing we're going to think about tonight. The coming of Jesus and John is wrapped up with forgiveness, okay? That's really important to know that. Whenever the angel appears later on to, uh, to John, or to, 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 to Joseph, to tell him what Mary's baby would be called, he says that the angel says, you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. So forgiveness is at the center of Jesus coming. And sometimes people say, oh, do you know what? Forgiveness and, and sins, that's, that's all negative. That's why we want to hear about the joy of Christmas. But boys and girls and, and mums and dads too, we will never understand the joy of Christmas if we don't understand that we need to be forgiven and that that's why God sent his son into the world. Okay? Imagine that you were on a, a great luxury liner, okay? Swimming pools and lots of restaurants and Xboxes everywhere and all sorts of things. And this wee sort of rusty ship came along and looked up and shouted at you and said, we've come to rescue, climb on, you'll be fine. Well, if you looked at your big liner and you thought, oh, this looks fantastic, that little boat doesn't look that great, well, you wouldn't maybe want to jump onto the other ship, but, but if your boat was called the Titanic, what do you think? Is that a good idea? Yeah, absolutely. You see, if we know the trouble we're in, then we would be thrilled whenever the rescuer comes along. And we might not think that we need rescued all that much, but actually the Bible tells us that we really are in trouble. You, you know, if we were just thinking about this, you imagine, you know, we, we I'm sure your mums and dads said to you tonight, now, sort out your uniform, sort out your tie, do your hair, do all the things because you're sort of on show tonight. And we do that, don't we? We do that with other people. 
We like to look good in front of other people. But we all hide stuff from other people. Because you imagine that, that if you were to walk in here and everything that you'd ever done or said or thought was on posters all the way around the church. Tell you what, if my life was all around the church like that, I wouldn't be here for 30 seconds, never mind an hour. Because there are always things that we're ashamed of and that we're hiding. Do you know what? God knows all of that stuff. And so, so none of us should think for a moment, well, I don't need to be forgiven. Because we all do. We all do. But the great news about Christmas is that God knows that. He knows the very worst about you. He knows the worst that would be on the wall. And he sends Jesus anyway because he loves us that much. So, so Zechariah is just thrilled because he knows that the arrival of Jesus means forgiveness is available. And that means that we can know God. That's the second thing. <laughs> You're so quick. <laughs> Come on. You were way ahead of everybody. Let's see. Last one. I ran out of wee square ones, so this is different. Marks and Spencer's paper. This is really good quality. <laughs> there we are. Great. Now, can you read what's in there? Can you see it? Hope. Hope. Absolutely. Thank you. Great. You can take, take your crunchies. Great. Thank you. Hope. That's the last thing. I don't know if you're an optimistic person, thinking about mums and dads here especially. You know, Christmas is one of those times whenever we take stock and we look back. And we, we sometimes say, don't we, well, that's 2019. I hope that 2020 is better than that year. Isn't that right? I, somebody said that, that the marks of, of our generation are that we go through our lives going, if I can just get through this week, next week will be more straightforward. You ever felt like that? that that's, that's because we're, we're generally quite optimistic most of the time. We sort of hope that things will get better. And I think we're just wired like that. We, we are wired for hope. And, and we really need hope, but, but Zechariah really sees what real hope is. Listen to his description of it at the end of this song, 78 and 79. Forgiveness because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. What a beautiful picture. We're in darkness, can't see the way that we're going. The, 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 the darkness around us is threatening. It's described as the shadow of death. And we end up not being able to see any clear way forward. And then the sun comes up. And you haven't seen it for ages. It's, 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 like, it's like living in Lurgan, isn't it? And, and, and then the light dawns. And we're guided into the path of peace. And all the enemies have gone. And even death is defeated because this is a hope that conquers the shadow of death. Some of us struggle at Christmas because we're brokenhearted about people that we've lost. But this hope actually triumphs through death. God shines light even into that darkness. So this is what happens, you see, whenever Jesus comes. And this is where real joy is, is found. It really is. 
It's found in, in the arrival of this Jesus. And, and, and I, I hope that, that your Christmas is full of joy, but I really hope that it's full of this sort of joy as well. A joy that knows that the long-promised one, the one that, that God thought was so important that he would tell us about him coming for a thousand years, this one has come. The, the one who came to bring forgiveness, to, to wipe out all the stuff that would be on display if your life and my life was on display, to wipe it out and to give us a clear access to God. He has come. And the one who then brings us hope. And a hope that's not only for here, but that goes through death and into eternity. That's pretty special. And that's something that you'll not find anywhere else apart from with Jesus Christ. Boys and girls, you have listened brilliantly tonight. You really, really have. And there's a little book out in the vestibule if anybody is interested in finding out a little bit more about this. There's a book called Ready for Christmas. And it's, it's free. It's sitting on the table in the porch. There's about 30 copies of it. Lift it. Take it with you. And if you want to chat about any of this, we'd love to do that. Jesus Christ, the one long promised, the one who brings forgiveness, the one who gives us hope. I'm going to pray. Then we're going to sing our last song. Thanks for listening. <clears throat> Dear God, we want to thank you for this time of year. We thank you that there are many things about it that, that make us really happy. But we pray that you'll help us to grasp what real joy is all about, all wrapped up with this child who went to a cross, who is our King, Jesus. Help us, Lord, to know him, to trust him, to believe in him, to rest in him, to eventually be with him. And we pray in his name.